We're so happy to see all that have gathered here this morning. I will invite your attention to the book of Joshua, the fifth chapter. The book of Joshua in the fifth chapter. I'm going to begin reading at the tenth verse of the book of Joshua, the fifth chapter. I want to read verses 10, 11, and 12. And just a few verses here in your hearing. I'm asking the Lord to help us to draw closer to Him and to step boldly into the things He had called us to do. Joshua 5 and verse 10, The children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And I want to I speak to you for a few moments this morning on this subject, from manna to fruit, from manna to fruit. Could we lift up our voices and ask the Lord to help us today to receive his word. Lord, I thank you for every individual that is gathered in this place. I pray that you will minister to us and help us, O oh God, to be near you, to be close to you. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand what the Spirit says to the church, what you are doing in these last days. Help us to be sensitive to it. Help us to flow into it. God, we thank you and give you all praise and glory in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said, in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. As you know, we are in the process of facing a transition from, from what has been a long-awaited experience of, of building a building for the glory of God and actually taking up occupancy in that building and at some point and this is not today but at some point I'm gonna have some hard dates to give you I don't have those just yet we are in the process of finishing the course and and there's something difference between some difference between being finished and the finishes and we're in the finishes stage of this and I'm, I'm excited about it. We're all looking forward to it, but, but we do have to let it take its proper course. And it's one of the reasons why uh, there will be no service this Wednesday night because uh, we are in the middle of transition and there is much transition happening even this week. So we will have some hard set dates for you at the appointed time. That time is coming. We would love to have them sooner than later, but do stay tuned. And be prepared to receive that information. Because God is doing something great in our midst. And we want to be prepared for what the Lord is doing. And I see some parallels and I see some uh, commonalities between the passage of Scripture that I've read today and where we are as a people. Uh, not just as a people, but individuals can relate to the dynamic that is occurring in this passage of Scripture. I... I want to 
take a moment and acknowledge the, just the significance of the fact that these people that we're reading about in Joshua 5 are transitioning from manna to the fruit of Canaan. That was a big transition because manna was all some of them knew. Some of them were born in life at a time when only manna was falling from the heavens and that is what they received, that is what they enjoyed, that is what they had and now they're moving from manna uh, to the fruit of the land of Canaan and this was a long-awaited moment because the fruit of the land of Canaan is what they and their fathers and mothers had lived for now for many years. It is also what they postponed and delayed because of their lack of faith at Kadesh Barnea. And so the manna ceases in our text. And the very next day there is no manna. It, it, it left just as quickly as it came. And the next thing they know they are eating the fruit of the land of Canaan. That is significant, especially when you consider the miracle of manna. The miracle of manna, the beginning of this amazing experience with God where bread literally descended from heaven and covered the ground where the children of Israel would stand. And they would wake up in the morning and the dew would have fallen. And when the dew would disappear, left on the ground was manna. It was bread, and it was bread from heaven. And the Bible says that it came uh, from God. God gave them manna. And he did so as a response to their hunger. Now, they were hungry. They had just been delivered from the bondage of Egypt. They came from the taskmasters of that heathen land where they had been kept for a long period of time. And some had only known the bondage of Egypt. Now they've come out of Egypt. The chains have been broken. They've been delivered. But they're living in a land called the wilderness. And the Bible says they were hungry. They began to murmur. They murmured vociferously. And were saying, we wish we were back in Egypt. Because we're starving. And they were so hungry that they said to one another, Moses has brought this whole assembly out here to die of starvation and hunger. That was their attitude. And to that, God rained bread from heaven. That's the language the Bible uses. The Lord said, I will rain bread from heaven. And so God rained bread from heaven and this was a result or a response to their hunger and their murmuring, I should say. Isn't that interesting? That God responded to their murmuring with a miracle. I don't know that we respond as well to murmuring as God does. But God, who is infinite in his wisdom, knew that the murmuring was just a symptom of their hunger. And there are many times that God will put up with our murmuring because he knows it just means we're hungry. This is why we can't get frustrated with a murmuring world. This is why we can't get frustrated with murmuring, I'll say it, saints. Because God understands there's something inside of a person when there's frustration coming out, when there's murmuring coming out. God does not turn his back on that. 
the Lord responded with the miracle of manna. And I want you to know we have a responsibility to understand that every murmuring of the generation where we live, the solution comes from heaven. Every murmur that you may hear from anybody, I want you to know nothing in this world will be able to satisfy. But there is a answer from heaven. There is a response from God that is needed. We need God to open up the windows of heaven and pour out the blessings that can only come from his presence. God said, I will rain bread from heaven. And he did. The next morning they woke up starving like they were, murmuring about it, frustrated about it. And when they walked out of their tents, on the ground was bread from heaven. The word manna simply means what is it? They looked out onto that, onto that ground and they said, what is it? They said, manna, man, what is this? And they, they didn't know what it meant. They didn't know why it came in the fashion that it did. Sometimes the miracles of God surprise us. Sometimes the miracles of God cause more questions than answers. Sometimes God is providing a miracle and we still don't get the point. And we wonder, what is it? What is the purpose? What is God doing? What is he up to? I feel like we've been there and we understand that feeling. What is God up to? Where is God? What does all this mean? And, and they just said, what is it? Manna. And yet every single day, they would pull in that manna and God would feed them and the next morning they'd wake up and there was more manna and the next day they'd wake up and there was more manna and the next day and the next day for 40 years, manna, bread from heaven, bread when you're hungry, bread you didn't cultivate, vineyards you didn't plant, bread you were not responsible for. God just opened up the windows of heaven and bread rained on them every single day that they were in the wilderness. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I just want to throw this out there. What kind, of a, what kind of a joy would there be if when you woke up every day there was daily provision for you? What if the windows of heaven opened up over you and God just poured bread out upon you, sustenance out upon you? What a God we serve. What a mighty God. What a good God. What a gracious God. That is a miracle. We can never walk away from the miracle of manna. And yet, in Numbers chapter 11... We find the children of Israel who murmured about not having enough to eat now are murmuring again because they don't like the manna anymore. And they're complaining about, is this all we get? Manna from heaven. And I know it's easy to say, oh, those bunch of disgruntled never can satisfy them. But I'm going to tell you, we would do the exact same thing. If we woke up every morning and there was this coriander seed and it, we, had, we had baked it and fried it and boiled it and done everything we could to it, seasoned it as much as we could, and it's just more manna, more manna. We, we, we are more complicated than they are, and we've got a lot more options. Just try to decide where you're going to eat this afternoon. 
I hope you already have so you don't have to fight that battle when you leave here. Amen. Sometimes that turns into quite the task. I don't know whatever you're hungry for. I don't know whatever you're hungry for. And, and, and then, and then uh, whatever you want, you name 10 options and none of those are right. So you've got to go to the next 10 options. And it, it's, we get complicated sometimes when you're talking about what tastes good to us. And the children of Israel had grown tired of the manna. The miracle of manna was no longer impressive to them. The windows of heaven opening up and raining bread from heaven. That was so like 10 years ago. Like we've, that's been going on for a long time. Do you know that we can get so, so just uh, so haphazard with the daily miracles of God? And I want to challenge us not to allow ourselves to get haphazard with the daily blessings of the Lord. It frustrates me to no end to hear people say, well, I, I've never really seen a miracle. Oh, yeah, you've seen lots of them. You just don't know they're miracles because they happen every day. Did you know, I know it's cold outside, but did you know that it would be a lot colder if we didn't have a great big ball of fire in the sky? Where'd that come from? We're so used to it, we just walk out into our, into our day and put our sunglasses on like we're used to a great big ball of fire hanging in the middle of the air, warming the earth. And you're going to say you've never seen a miracle. You tell me where those trees came from. You tell me how they went in as a little seed and now they're this mighty trunk with branches going everywhere and providing oxygen through their leaves. You tell me how that happened. And I don't mean describe it. I don't mean scientifically analyze what happened. I want you to tell me what caused it. You tell me how the bones do grow in the womb. You've seen a lot of miracles. You've just grown, you've just grown haphazard about them. You're unimpressed by daily miracles. They happen so often. They happen all the time. There's water literally channeled through your faucets, and you're going to tell me you've never seen a miracle. Electric cars. At the push of a button, coffee just fills our mug. Bread just starts raining from heaven, and then you're going to have the audacity to say you've never seen a miracle. Hallelujah. That's where Israel got. They got to the point where they just were grown. They just, they were unimpressed by, what else you got? You're just going to open up the windows of heaven and rain bread. That's all you've got. And, and the Bible's, listen to what they said. They said, we wish we were back in Egypt where there were onions and garlic and cucumbers and melons. That's pretty good to me. But here's what they forgot about Egypt. These are all Bible words relative to Egypt, okay? Sorrow, affliction, oppression, bondage. They forgot about that because the flavor of sin was all they could remember. And I want you to know there are some even here today that all you can remember is the flavor of those sinful pleasures. And it, and it eats at you. And I'll tell you why. Because you've stopped thanking God for his daily provision. Don't ever lose the wonder of his salvation. 
You need to wake up every day and say, Lord, I thank you that you put breath in my body. Our singers sang it today, Brother Kedrick, that I've stolen your breath. What a line that is. That breath we're breathing, it came from God. We don't get to direct how we walk. Those paths that we that we carve out for our own. Let the steps of a good man be ordered of the Lord. Don't sing your own song. Don't walk your own path. Let the Lord lead you and guide you. Wake up every day and say, Lord, I thank you that you put breath in my body. I thank you that I'm in my right mind. I thank you that I've got legs to walk. I thank you, hallelujah, that my heart was beating. I, I didn't even remember to tell it to beat, but it, it kept beating all night long. I thank you, Lord, that I'm inhaling and I'm exhaling. And I, I thank you, Lord, that I've got people here that I know and I love. I thank you, Lord, for freedom for freedom don't you get don't you get don't you get unimpressed with the daily miracles I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you something Thanksgiving is in just a, a few days I'm gonna just throw this I want to talk to you about the power of Thanksgiving for a split second we talk about the miracle of the loaves and the fishes and and those have, it's a beautiful miracle but I want I want you to notice the one thing I think gets forgotten how it actually happened the Bible says that they brought the young lad. He gave his loaves and fishes to Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus thanked it, thanked God for it. He blessed it, he broke it, and he multiplied it. And I think the part that we forget is that he gave thanks for it. That's what we miss, and we miss it routinely. Because we look at the multitudes that need to be fed. The provision God provides is this measly little loaves and fishes. And we look at that. If Jesus were any one of us or if we were Jesus, chances are we would have said, Hey, kid, I'm being, be serious. We got real problems here. Take your little loaves and your little fishes and go do something else with them. Anybody else got something? But that's not what Jesus did. Jesus took what he had and was thankful for it. And I want you to know this is how the blessings of God do indeed multiply. Don't wait for a 4,000, 5,000 multitude blessing to come. Take what you've got. Be thankful for what you have. I don't know what you've got, but be thankful for whatever it is you've got. If you, whatever coach you've got on your back, thank God for it. Whatever car you're driving out of the parking lot today, thank God for it. Whatever you get to put in your body for sustenance today, thank God for it. Don't fall into the snare of being unthankful for daily miracles. You'll start craving the bondage of a land God delivered you from. People who go back to Egypt, they stopped being thankful for the blessing of God. And, and, and the truth is, God could have rained a lot more than bread upon them. He could have. He had a lot up there. And he could have poured all of it out. He could have, he could have sent it down as garlic bread. But he didn't. He sent them manna. And do you know why he told Moses in Exodus chapter 16? He said, I'm going to give them manna and I'm going to prove them 
with the manna. I'm going to see if they will obey my commandments or no. Those were his words. So the manna was a test of their devotion to God. And they kept failing the test. One thing that God said to them, he said, I want you to take the manna and I only want you to take an omer per day. This is the tenth of an ephah. And I want you to just take that amount per day. No more than that. I want you to only take an omer per day. And of course, everybody was like, yeah, yeah, thanks God, appreciate it. Okay, just send the bread, send the bread. All right, get the baskets, honey. Or get the cart, two of them. And they go out and grab all the bread they can get and bring it back into the house. They disobeyed God. They didn't do what he said to do. And when they get it back in the house, the Bible says that the manna did not keep till the next day. That by the time the next morning came, the manna had worms in it. And it had a stench in it. And it was, it was now toxic. Because that's what disobedience will always breed. That's what impatience will always breed. That's what lack of discipline will always breed. That's what, that's what thinking you know better than God will always breed. And I agree with you. It doesn't seem to make any sense. I'll just get a lot of bread. I'll gather it all up. And I won't have to go shopping every single day of my life. And so they disobeyed God. And the manna began to, to fester. And the Bible says worms were bred in it. Now that's interesting. I don't like to preach about worms. Believe me, it's no joy of mine to preach about worms. But I need to. Because they're in the Bible. And they have to do with our flesh. This is when the Bible see, speaks of us living in eternal damnation. It talks about the worm dying not. And we need to be careful that we don't live the kind of life that gives an environment for the worms of our flesh. The corruptible nature that we have. And that's what impatience and disobedience will do. It'll set the kind of an environment where worms are bred. And, and we need to be mindful of that. You know, Jonah... Jonah had just as much of a problem with a worm as he did a whale. The Bible says that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, yeah, but, but then he recovered from that, recovered quite, quite well, and, and preached the gospel to Nineveh, and they all repented. And, but then the, the Bible says that later Jonah was under a gourd, and, and the Scripture says that this tree was giving him shade, and, and a worm came and devoured it while he sat underneath its shade. Let me tell you something. You can survive whales and still have trouble with the worms. Listen, you can survive some of the most difficult trials of your life, but if you don't get your flesh under control, you will never live victorious in God. It's not worth it. You've got to crucify this flesh. Lay it down at the foot of the cross. I don't want this flesh to lead and dictate my life. I want to be submitted to God. Lord, if you said to take an omer per day, that's what I'm going to do. You know what God was doing? He was teaching them patience. He was teaching them obedience. He was teaching them discipline. And he was teaching them preparation. Because this is what he said. He said the sixth day is different. On the sixth day, I want you to gather two days worth. I want you to go out on the sixth day and I want you to work twice as hard, gather twice as much bread. Because on the seventh day, you're just going to stay home and chill. The seventh day, you're going to relax. 
Seventh day, you don't have to go out. Now listen, I want you to know something. Sometimes we look at the Sabbath as a hardship on us because we can't do anything. According to the, I'm talking about the, the Mosaic law, they couldn't do anything. And, and Jesus said, no, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man. It's not that you can't do anything, children of Israel. It's that, it's that God is giving you the gift of relaxation. He's giving you the gift of reprieve. He's giving you the gift of sitting back and not having to work with the labor of your hands. But in order for you to have a restful seventh day, you have to have a work day on the sixth day that is twice as difficult. Now we've had in this project, building project, we've had a lot of sixth days. <sighs> Where we feel like we're working twice as hard. Where we feel like we're, we're climbing twice the mountain. There have been a lot of sixth days. I remember sitting in that city hall trying to get that permit. And we were in the sixth day. Eleventh hour, sixth day, pit of despair, whatever you want to call it. But work twice as hard in the sixth day. Because the seventh day is coming. And there have been just as many seventh days as there have been sixth days. There have been just as many moments where we woke up and didn't have to do anything. And God just opened the windows of heaven and poured out blessings upon his people. I wish I had time and one day I will. I'll tell you about as many miracles as I can think of. When we had done everything we knew to do, when we had planned and when we had strategized and when we had sacrificed only for God to step in and say, that's what I wanted you to do on the sixth day. But the seventh day is here now and it's time to pour you out blessings. Hallelujah. You're going to have enough in your house and this manna will not breed worms. This manna will not deteriorate. This manna will not become toxic because it was gathered in obedience to the commandment of God. And I want to say to you, as we prepare to make our transition into a new worship center, but it's far more than a new worship center. It has actually very little to do with the actual building. It has to do with being obedient to God because we don't have just one campus. We have multiple campuses, and we have much to do all across this city. I want you to know that what we've been enjoying up till now is the manna from heaven. But buckle your seatbelt because we're getting ready to transition into the fruit of the land of Canaan. We're getting ready to transition into what this has really been all about the whole time. Ha! Ah. Glory, glory. Glory, it's more than just Sunday morning. It's more than just a little feel-good worship service. It's more than just give me a sermon so I can go home now. It's more than that. We're getting ready to turn this city upside down. We're getting ready to see people come to God from all over this region. I hope you enjoyed the manna. I hope you enjoyed it. You've got a few more weeks of it. I hope you enjoyed the manna, but you get ready. The manna is getting ready to stop.
and the fruit of the Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you something. When I cast vision for this worship center, I did not include COVID. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but I didn't, include, I didn't have on the bullet points of what we wanted to have. Great big worship center and uh, reach the lost and, oh, yeah, have a global pandemic. That'll be fun. I didn't, include, I didn't include COVID. I didn't include a permit battle that was so stifling and challenging. I didn't include any of that. I, that's not what this was about. And when Moses went to deliver them from Egypt, he didn't include, when he was casting vision, he didn't include the bitter waters of Mara. He didn't, he didn't even include the Red Sea. That was a pretty big situation. He didn't include 40 years in the wilderness. That was never in his design. But there they are, living on manna day after day. And let me tell you why God brought the manna. Because God was going to develop in them patience and obedience. Hallelujah. Trying to shut this whole thing down. We're going to... Thank you, Brother Sizemore. Devil can't shut this. patience of the saints the dragon can breathe whatever fire he wants to breathe but if we are a patient people there is nothing that can throw us down I'm going to tell you something I didn't start to quit I didn't start to turn around we're going to be patient until the Lord does his work in us Let me tell you, let me tell you how the church is patient because we have an understanding of eternity and we have an understanding of generational transfer. Hallelujah. We have an understanding of eternity. You know why we're not going anywhere? Because we got all eternity. It may not even happen in my lifetime. That's all right. I'll labor till I die. I'll go to my grave preaching it. I'll go to my grave speaking in tongues. I'll go to my grave reaching for the lost. I'll go to my grave casting vision. You're not going to stop me. It doesn't matter if it doesn't happen in my lifetime. It'll happen in my kid's lifetime. And if it doesn't happen in theirs, it'll happen in my grandkid's lifetime. We got all eternity. I'm not going anywhere. We are a patient Patient people. Come on, somebody. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. 
need some elders who have put in some blood and sweat and tears. I need you to be a witness today that it's worth Pastor Sizemore, Sister Sizemore, thank you. God bless you in the name of Jesus for every bit of labor, every bit of toil, every bit of blood, sweat, and tears. God bless your family. We're a patient people. We'll wait until it comes. We'll wait until it comes because I'm going to tell you that the vision is for an appointed time. And though it tarry, it shall come. Sister Buller's not able to be here this morning, but she's watching. Sister Buller, God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for the blood, the sweat, the tears. Thank you for the prayers. Thank you for the fasting. Thank you for investing in this city. God is getting ready to open the windows of heaven, and it's going to be more than just bread. It's going to be fruit, and it's going to come from the ground. It's going to flow with milk and with honey. You better get ready. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's here. Are you ready? Are you ready? The man is getting ready to stop. And the fruit is already growing. Hallelujah. I want you to know. We are going to reach those young mothers who are in need, brother and sister miser. We're going to reach them. In the name of Jesus, we're going to provide safe haven for them. We're going to provide shelter. We're going to see their children raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Are you ready? We're going to see those who are struggling with, with, with food shortages and poverty. We're going to minister to their physical needs, but we're going to baptize them in Jesus' name, and we're going to see them filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and yes those prodigals are coming home don't get bored with the manna don't get bored with the everyday sacrifice don't get bored with the everyday plodding and trotting because it's giving way it's giving way to something it's giving way to something And some of the Moseses who, who brought it into being, they may not even live to see it. Oh, but they'll be part of it. I said they'll be part of it. Oh, 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 you, you, you didn't realize it? Well, let me explain to you. Jesus said, God is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living. He said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. On the Mount of Transfiguration, there's a reason why Elijah was there and Moses was there. Because they gather into the paradise of God. The great cloud of witnesses gather all around. I'm going to tell you, when we come into the church, we do not come unto, unto, unto the old mount that did burn with darkness and tempest and blackness and vapors of smoke and thunder and lightning. We gather unto Mount Zion, to the city of our God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to an innumerable company of angels. I want you to know that the saints of all the angels, of all the ages, are in the presence of God, awaiting that great and glorious day of the resurrection of the body 
body of Christ. And if we die in Christ, we die in the Lord. For us to live is Christ and to die is gain. We spend and are spent for the glory of God. We give everything we have. We pour out our heart. We pour out our spirit. We pour out our pocketbook to see the glory and the power of God manifest in the earth. The manna ceased, and the fruit started. The transition that's happening is so much bigger, so much bigger than a building being completed. It's so much bigger than than picking the right finishes. It's so much larger. I know, listen, I know this has been a unique time. No churches have done what we've done. That doesn't make us special or superior. Here's what it does. It makes us obedient. When they called Peter to account, and they said, why in the world are you at some Gentile's house? Why are you preaching the house of Cornelius? Why in the world did you go? This is what Peter said. He said, I was obedient to the heavenly vision. And I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, this church, Tree of Life Church, and it, it now involves our precious Grace Point brothers and sisters, and, and, and we share this beautiful heritage that God has given to us. I want you to know what you've done this year, 2022. You have been obedient to the heavenly vision. And I know, it, I know it's, you look at it sometimes and you're like, what is it? What is it? It's manna. I don't, it's unusual. I've never seen anybody experience anything like this. Keep eating the manna. Keep taking what God is doing every day, day after day, week after week. Don't get frustrated with the manna because the manna is going to stop. Clarity is going to come and fruit is going to abound and the nations will be healed and people from every part of this region will flow unto Mount Zion. I'm not preaching, I'm prophesying. I said, I'm not preaching, I'm prophesying. I am declaring to you the will and the word and the mind and the vision of God. Somebody receive it in the name of Jesus. Somebody receive it in the name of Jesus. Come on, stand with me right now. I'm, I'm coming to a close. Our musicians can come. Listen. They went to Jerusalem, some of those old places, and they began to excavate. They do a lot of excavation. And the archaeologists and the paleontologists and the excavators, as they began to disturb those ancient soils, they reported that plants started growing that had been extinct for hundreds of years. Because the seed was in the soil. And all it needed was somebody to disturb it. 
Hallelujah. I want to disturb the seed in somebody's soul today. Feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now. Some of you have had words of life and faith put in you by pastors and teachers who have gone to be with the Lord. And you've never really felt the same since they passed. I'm in the Holy Ghost now. But the Lord is disturbing the seed they put inside of you. And if you will let it, there will be fruit grow from you that has just been waiting for this moment. Come on, Israel. Come on, Israel. The Israel of God. Step with us. Stand with us. And step over into this land of promise. A few more weary days and then. A few more days of manna. A few. But get ready because one day, the manna's going to be gone just out of nowhere. All the questions are going to clear up, and the manna will be gone, and, and there'll be fruit on every branch. And there'll be fruit on every tree. And the whole land will flow with milk and with honey. In the name of Jesus, Brother Reuben, I don't mean to, I don't mean to provide any embarrassment, but I'm just going to do this. Y'all don't know it, but there's a picture of a precious girl on this altar and it said, stands here a lot it's brother Reuben placing this here as a prayer of faith could you reach your hand forth right now in the name of Jesus and pray with me right now Lord do your mighty work do your mighty work let salvation come let healing come do your mighty work Lord in the name of Jesus Lord, he's been eating manna. He's been eating manna. He's been surviving from day to day. But Lord, let the abundance of fruit come right now. I want somebody that needs fruit to grow. I need, I need some folks that are getting challenged by the day-to-day manna. I want you to come right now. God's going to strip any kind of wrong thinking out of you and he's going to fill you with fruit to overflowing. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. The fruit is coming. The fruit is coming. We're going from manna to fruit. It's happening in the name of Jesus. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want somebody. I want somebody to come right now believing. Hallelujah. Come down praising. My prayer will be answered. My prayer will be answered. The fruit is coming. The fruit is coming. The manna is ceasing and the fruit is coming. God's working patience in you. God's working discipline in you. God's working obedience in you. Come on, I feel like the Holy Ghost is doing something in somebody right now.
I want us to begin giving God a prophetic praise right now. A prophetic praise. I want you to begin to praise Him for everything He's about to do. I want you to open up your mouth and describe it. I want you to describe it. I want you to describe it. Speak the vision that God has put in your heart. Describe your family coming to God. Describe the prodigals coming home. Describe your ministry multiplying. Describe your wife being blessed. Describe your children being saved. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth and give God a prophetic praise. Describe the healing in your body and praise Him for it. Praise Him for it. Praise Him. 